Welcome to Postpartum Stories with Steph, candid conversations with mums and sometimes dads about the precious yet chaotic time that is life after birth. My name is Steph, woman, warrior, wife, mother, coffee lover and feminist. I'm a postpartum doula in Melbourne and you can find me on Instagram at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph with a PH. Through this podcast, I will chat to women and birthing people in a real and raw way about their postpartum experience. So sit back, grab a cuppa, even if it's cold, take off your bra and enjoy. Today's episode is a chat with birthkeeper and postpartum doula Nicole Jones from Brisbane. Nicole has five children, that's right, you heard me, five children, ranging from ages 21 years to 10 months old. So she's very much still in that postpartum uh, stage of life and she was able to talk about postpartum in 2020 versus postpartum 20 years ago, all the things that have changed, um, her experience with breastfeeding five different babies and uh you know the exhaustion that comes with being a new mum uh you could find her on instagram nicole ann a double n underscore birthkeeper i'll add all of her other details like website into the show notes just a quick note before the episode starts um for some reason the towards the end of this episode there's a delay in my audio so it kind of sounds like we're talking over each other we're not really it's just a weird audio thing that I am still learning about with this podcast Um, eventually the audio will be top-notch but for now it's still a work in progress Um, it doesn't affect the episode too much but I just wanted to bring that up so you didn't think that we were having this weird talking over each other conversation okay Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Excited to be here. <laughs> um, first off, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and your family? Oh, I sure can. Um, <laughs> I am Nicole. I am a mother to five um, and a partner um, <laughs> to one. Can you and just say that number again? Five? <laughs> five. Yes, five. <laughs> Yep, yep, five. Um, I live in Brisbane, um, originally from Sydney, um, and yeah, and I am also a birth keeper and postpartum doula. And tell me the the ages of those five beautiful children. Okay, so they are twenty one, nineteen, almost seventeen. And I get in trouble if I say he's 16 because he's almost 17. <laughs> um, three and a half and 10 months. So wow. two girls and then three boys. Wow. And so obviously you've been, you've experienced postpartum <laughs> quite recently, yeah. but also 
quite a long time ago. A long time ago. So how do those two, well, mainly like the first and the last experience, how do they sort of compare or do they compare? Uh, they are worlds apart. Mm-hmm. Um, my first, I gave birth in hospital, was there for three days, um, came home on, it was Easter long weekend, so came home on the Monday and my then partner went to work on the Tuesday. Wow. Yeah. I just want to give you a hug 20 years ago. (laughs) I want to give myself a hug 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, it was, yeah, he went to work the next day. Um, the first night though, I, I'll jump back to that. So I'd gotten home in the afternoon from hospital via seeing my, my parents popped into them as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, got home, had dinner, did all of that, the baby in bed, got, went and had a couple of hours and she woke up, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning or something. My partner was asleep on the couch so that he could get a decent night's sleep and go to work the next day. Um, I got up to her, went to change her nappy in the dark Mm-hmm. And she projectile pooed <laughs> all over me to the point where it actually bounced off me and hit the wall behind her. Wow. Welcome to motherhood. <laughs> Welcome. So that was the first day of my postpartum journey at home <laughs> as a 23 year old. So, yeah. Wow. That sort of, and that sort of was how it went for us yeah for for a good couple of months yeah and so now with your um I'm hoping that your most recent experience was a little bit different to that maybe that that is the one and only time I've been pooed on like that okay (laughs) it will never be repeated thank goodness um so yeah fast forward 20 years 21 years um and this one is completely different um I gave birth again in a hospital and was home within 20, 21 hours, 24 mm-hmm. hours, something like that, um, to a partner and obviously four other children. Yeah. Um, and I think knowing that this was going to be my last, we had or I had put in a lot of requests Um and a lot of like, this is what I want it to look like. This is how I really want to feel. This is the last time that I'm going to get to be in this bubble. I really mm-hmm. want to protect it. Yeah. Um, but also knowing that I have a lot of other children that obviously need some type of attention. Mm-hmm. The 21-year-old, not as much as a three-year-old, but they're still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had my partner stay home for six whole weeks. Yeah. Um, which was the first time that it ever happened for me. Um, and he's a teacher. So luckily it was like the last week of one term, two weeks of holidays, school holidays, and then three weeks of leave mm-hmm. that he took. Um, yeah, it was so nice. And I actually, for those six weeks, um, was really treated like a birthing goddess. <laughs> As you like, should be. As you like, <laughs> as, hey, as every mum should be, or absolutely. or, or new, new um, birthing person should be, absolutely. But mm-hmm. in reality, it doesn't always happen. I suppose it very yeah. in some aspects, it very rarely happens for that amount of time. Yeah, um, unfortunately. And um, I think too, when it's like 
if it's your first baby, you know, you sort of get sold this idea of, oh, your partner just needs two weeks off. Yeah. And, you know, after that you're on your own and you'll be fine. But it's sort of, yeah, yeah in reality, no. having six weeks is amazing and yeah, I don't, if that's your thing. Yeah, well, I don't think you realise that it is a thing or that how blessed you are to have it as a thing until you've had it. Mm. I was sold that idea as well for all of, well, especially for the first three pregnancies when I was really young. The first one, no one else I knew had babies. I was the first out of my social group um, to have any babies. By the time I had my second, there were mums having their firsts, mm-hmm. which still my life then didn't really correlate because how do you do postpartum with a newborn and a toddler? Yeah. Um, but yet I think I was like really lucked out. I, I think now looking back, I should have really demanded more of those around me. And if mm. they couldn't give me what I needed, then gone and sought it elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't know what you don't know. So that's right. Um, yeah. And did you sort of plan that six weeks? Like did you have it in your, in your mind that this is what I want to do, I want that six weeks, I want that time, I want that bubble kind yeah. of thing? Or was it, yeah? No, I absolutely planned it. Um, with the three-and-a-half-year-old, I was very much, I've done this before, this is fine, like I'm not a first-time mum, you go, mm-hmm. you, like I'll have the baby, you can have a week off. It was He was the beginning of the school year, so I was like, no, you've got students, you need to go to them, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in about three months I, it was very clear that I wasn't fine. Mm. Um, he was waking up in the middle of the night. My partner was waking up in the middle of the night to me standing over him, growling, get out of bed, <laughs> like some <Yeah>. she-devil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this time around it got to like three months. He's like, and he still says, he's like, you're just so much calmer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I actually feel that. And I think it's because I gave myself that time to really rest and really recover and, and just stay in that bubble for as long as I possibly could. And you're probably more comfortable asking for what you want. Yes. Yep. As well. Yep. Yeah. Very much more open to going, okay, you know what? I actually need to shower today. Like mm. this is this is the two day out of the out of the whole seven days of a week, today I'm gonna pick one of those days to have a shower. Um, mm. So can you please mind the baby and the toddler and give me 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, or I need to leave the house and go for a walk. So, yeah, I'll be back. It's just those little things that make a difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should be hopefully showering more than once a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, the first couple of weeks, I don't know how much, I don't know how much support you would need to be able to shower every mm. single day and wash your hair when it was supposed to be washed and mm. all of that. Fifth time mum and I still, yeah, some days just was like, oh, it's five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm still in my pyjamas, oh, well. Did you um, have a postpartum doula yourself? Um, no, I did not because I, and I think because I had the older kids as well, um, I kind of used them 
as, yep, they can be your, your as standing that. doors. Yeah, so <laughs> they would, like my partner would spend most of his, his time really looking after the toddler um, and just showering him with as much attention as possible. Um, and then the older three kids, I mean, two of them were at uni, so <laughs> which means they're always home. Um, so if I needed a water, if I just needed someone to hold the baby so I could go to the toilet or if I, like someone was making themselves lunch, I'd sort of shout out from my throne of the lounge room and say, (laughs) make me whatever you're having. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And they did like, they obviously do their own washing and cleaning and all that sort of stuff. So they kind of just helped out when we needed them to as well. So, um, but I wish That's I'd good. had. I'd wish I'd actually done the jeweler thing. I think for the like the, for the other three, especially when, as I said, I got home and my then partner went to work the very next day, and I was sort of sitting in a house by myself with the baby. Mm. Just that would have just been so full on. Like it, it was, yeah. But I don't think looking. I mean, I can I see that now, but mm. when I was in it, I was just in it and pretty much survival mode I think for the first six years yeah and that's a long time so in that That time frame I had three kids in in four and a half years I had three kids and I don't think I took a breath wow so yeah and yeah looking back I'm just like oh why wasn't I in the birth world then and can recognize that that's kind of where I needed to go and what I needed for myself but that's probably really shaped you now and the work that you're doing oh, it, with women. It absolutely, absolutely has. <laughs> yep, absolutely has. So, as unfortunate as it might have been at the time, sometimes these things happen for a reason. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> been some big lessons in, in my births, um, but definitely in my postpartums as well where I take all of those lessons now and, um, yeah, try and sort of yeah put that into the work that I'm now actually doing as well definitely what were did you have any sort of big challenges in your most recent postpartum um or was it just smooth sailing uh, look, oh, look nothing smooth sailing um he's out of the five he's quite good baby he's very I tend to have big boys um so he mm-hmm. was born just over the 4.5 kilo mark um mm-hmm. so I think for me it was just keeping up with his feeding was the most challenging thing he was very hungry all the time um yeah. and even though it was number five baby that I've breastfed I still ended up with nipple damage um mm-hmm. I still ended up having to feed in the middle of the night to not just cracked but bleeding nipples and mm-hmm. in tears every time I sort of thought about having to feed him um so those couple of weeks of that were really challenging um mm-hmm. just that mental toughness that you need to keep going knowing that you're doing the right thing by them um and knowing that it will get better after a couple of weeks but yeah that that first couple of weeks of just him learning to feed and me learning how he feeds and what yeah. the best position for him weren't wasn't what I had worked for the other kids and mm. yeah so that sort of thing I don't think having five babies having three babies that sort of it's still a learning curve that one I think for everybody yeah and that's something I was really curious about because so you breastfed all five all five yep 
So I think and I've breastfed for three, <laughs> three, four, five, six plus years of my life. I've wow. breast four, breastfed four and still going. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, look, I think it, it depends on the baby as well. I definitely had my first and third were champions at it. They mm-hmm. they knew exactly what to do from day one. It worked with me as well and there were no real issues. Um, baby number two was horrendous. She had a really small mouth and it was just hard for her to be able to actually open it up wide enough to latch properly and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did a lot of damage. Um, yeah. And then so did baby number four. He did a lot of damage too. So I think it's, yeah, it's a learning curve each time because they're, they're different and they need to learn the skill. Even if you've got the basic ideas of that skill, it's um, up to them to learn how to do it as well. What Did you have much support around breastfeeding with your most recent bub? Um. I, no, I didn't look. I didn't reach out for any external support. I actually didn't even go to the doctors or, or mention it on my checks because the three and a half year old I had um, gone to a GP and kind of did the whole weighing thing every couple of weeks. And there was one week where apparently he hadn't put on any weight. And she was like, Oh, you need to come back in two days' time and we'll weigh him again. Um, and still had only put on apparently 30 grams. And I was just like, look, I know he's feeding properly. I know he's fine. And she was very concerned. Um, mm. And the first thing she had said was, oh, you need to start topping him up with formula. Mm-hmm. And yep. my comment to her, um, and I suppose that's how, <laughs> that's how I handle a lot of things. I'm a bull in a china shop. Um, I just turned around mm-hmm. and said to her, well, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's not the support I'm after if there's an issue that's not where I'm going to first um so I didn't go back so that was with (laughs) that was with um Sebastian number four yeah baby number four um so this time around I he was weighed at three days old the midwives um for my hospital came out and did their like did a check on me and they were like look he seems to be gaining weight okay is there anything else you need? And I just said, no, that's fine. I'm happy for you to discharge me. Um, mm-hmm. That's fine. And so they did. And I didn't go back to a doctor. I went for my six-week checkup, but I didn't take him with me um, because I didn't want mm-hmm. him weighed. I could tell that he was feeding and I could, I knew the cues. Yes, it was hurting, but I kind of knew the cues, wet nappies, lots of poo, could hear him doing that yeah. swallowing action. So I was like, look, I'm not going to put myself through the stress of it. If I know you notice he's lethargic or not um, having bowel movements and stuff like he's supposed to, then I'll go. But as far as I'm concerned, I know that my body's doing the right thing, so I'm just going to trust my instincts and go with it. Um, so, yeah, so I just did, I did nipple shields, I think, with him for probably three weeks just to give myself time to heal. Um, mm-hmm. And then we slowly weaned off that um, sort yeah. of, yeah, put him on to feed with them. And then during the feed when I could tell he was a little bit more relaxed um, and wasn't so like, oh, I'm starving, give me this right now, um, then I would kind of just like pull the shield off, put him back on and give him the rest of the feed without it. I did that for probably another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
and then we've kind of been okay since. Yeah. yeah. That's so good though that you sort of had that, you're backing yourself and had that assertiveness to be like, you know what, he's fine and I'm going to do my own thing because I think a lot of mums, especially first-time mums, yep. um, I know I really struggled. Like I had the same thing told to me, yeah. formula top-ups and it's all of that. And it's very just, common. It, yeah, and it's it's really make or break in that sort of first week or so of feeding. And, you know, it's I've said this before, like this is not a judgment at all on, um, on people who formula feed because it's just so hard yeah. to find good support. Oh, it, and it absolutely is. And it's unfortunately is something that if you have to go and find it and, yeah. and, and then that can be a minefield in itself because there are unfortunately a lot of people who have the title of lactation consultant but who aren't, I suppose, newly educated or newly informed. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. do things the old way of wake baby up every four hours and don't yeah. feed in between and take all of his clothes off yeah. and freeze him. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just keep him awake any way possible. Yeah. Oh, look, with my first, my mum my mom actually went and got a cold, a washcloth and put cold water on it while I was feeding because she was falling asleep she's like no no you need to keep her awake I was just like that Mm. doesn't make sense to me at all yeah um so I think back then I was lucky enough to I kind of took and I'm that type of person I take people's um I don't know what's the word advice I suppose with a big grain of salt and then just go okay cool thanks for that now I'm gonna go and do my own thing and yeah. I'm like that with most things in life. Um, and so I just. Well, I think that that's a complete blessing when it comes to early postpartum yeah. because you just get given so much advice and, and some of it's well-intentioned, yeah, but, but a lot of it is crap. Uh, well, it's crap and then it's conflicting, which then mm. for first-time mums can just be there yeah, really disheartening and really worrisome. Um, mm. Yeah, I think people, I think especially um, first-time need to, I suppose be careful who they're asking. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, mums and grandmums and stuff obviously would have absolutely the best intentions for their daughters or granddaughters and grandchildren, but mm. a lot of the information is out of date and it has been proven there's other ways of doing things that can be more beneficial and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And even midwives, I mean, if you stay in a public hospital for a few too many days, you'll get five midwives that will tell you five different things. And that's not yeah, to say absolutely. that they're not the best intended information either, but if it's, it needs to be relevant information and it needs to, I suppose, be the support that that mum wants instead of just their opinion. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of women experience in birthing people in hospital. Yep. You know, the midwives are most of the time so well-intentioned and they just want to help. But I found with learning how to breastfeed, if each midwife had a different way of doing Mm -hmm. it and, you know, yeah, really conflicting and it was like, oh, but the other one told me to do it this way. And, um, yeah, like it it can be an overkill almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's why I think, like, you need to, I suppose even reach out to people like us, like doulas and people that work in the birth world to just go, look, 
this is the issue I'm having. If this isn't your area of expertise, could you point me into the direction of someone that could be? And mm. yeah, I and follow you. Yeah, up absolutely. Too. I mean, there's always that those instincts where you sort of like, no, I think I'm doing yeah. okay, or I think it's all right that she's falling asleep at yeah. the boob, or or whatever the case may yep. be. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's something that I have to learn. I know. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, when there's a lot of voices, then you can tend to start downing yourself. Whereas you, if you really kind of stay in that bubble of being, I suppose, being a mammal and just inherently knowing that it's something that your body was made to do and just trusting mm-hmm. in that process, then I think it would help a lot more pe- yeah, a lot more breast and chest feeding people than, than seeking or just being not even seeking advice and being given advice that you mm. maybe haven't even asked yeah. for. That's where the seed of doubt sort of comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with any, and this is this question is for any of your postpartum mm-hmm. experiences. What was something that you couldn't prepare for? <laughs> um, you, you absolutely cannot prepare for. I want to say exhaustion, just the the lack mm-hmm. of sleep, but then also if you are. Um, breast or chest feeding as well the energy level that that takes on top of the not sleeping um I think just just think that Mm -hmm. sheer exhaustion that you feel in the first at least six weeks if not longer I don't think anything can prepare you for that and I know people joking oh you'll never get any sleep again it's not just the sleep (laughs) the sleep though Mm. because yes you can Mm sleep when the baby sleeps if if that's how you've made up your world you can do that and I definitely did that for the last one when he slept I slept um because mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have people or I, I made the plan to have people around that could do everything else for me but mm-hmm. it's just the sheer exhaustion of that physical exhaustion of when you are awake not only are you awake but you're then feeding as well um yeah. yeah, you can't prepare. <laughs> you can't prepare for that. And baby number one to five, it still it still gets you. It really it really just yeah. does. Um, it's nature's way, I suppose, of forcing us to slow down. Was there anything that you did during the day to sort of look after yourself, like something specific, you know, that you you needed or that you found sort of helped? Because I know. You know, yeah, as you said, the sleep deprivation is, you know, you can't yep. plan for that. But was there anything that sort of helped in the daytime to kind of just make you feel um, a bit better? For me, it's sunshine. And it doesn't necessarily mean mm-hmm. going for a walk. I'm a huge believer, especially after having mastitis a couple of times with previous pregnancies, of getting the girls out in the sunshine. Um, yeah. to, to stop um, infections and things like that. That was one of the things, uh, information I got from a friend of mine um, years and years ago. She's like, oh, look, I, my midwife told me this and I've been doing it and it's like just relaxing as well as um, beneficial. So that's one thing I did do is every day made sure that if the sun was out, I was outside with my top off and just mm-hmm. letting those um, vitamin D rays do their thing and that, was even if it was just for five minutes it was just five minutes of me just being able to sit there and like relax Mm -hmm. and yeah just absorb some sunshine 
It's almost like yeah. recharging. I did the yeah, same thing awesome. because apparently the um the sunshine and the vitamin D is really good for yes. damage. So I did exactly yeah, it the really same is. thing. And I felt really I felt really strange in the middle of winter. <laughs> yep. Like you know those cold mornings when yep. the sun is out. I was like, well, I've got to Yeah, get I mean out I there. suppose for this one, here's a winter baby as well, his birthday's end of June. Um, but I'm in Queensland, mm-hmm. so you're still talking about twenty two degrees, yeah. but yeah, it is. It yeah. really is the best thing. And I don't know. I mean, I've passed on that information to as many um, <laughs> friends as I can. But just, yeah, squeeze a little bit of milk out onto your nipples and let the sun dry it. Um, and it really does mm-hmm. just do amazing things for the bacteria levels, but as well as, yeah, absorbing that vitamin D into your own system and really recharging like a reptile, I suppose. I've got get your energy from mm. that sunshine. But, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, that's one of the things I did do. Um, And then I suppose for later, so that was early postpartum, um, and then when it hit about five months, I just almost woke up one morning and just went, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to work with pregnant people and postpartum people. And Mm -hmm. I've actually been doing the work since he was about five months old to get to that point so I think for me that Mm -hmm. sort of recharged and I could do it from home while he was sleeping and that sort of gave me some extra sort of something to like it's been really a a driving force in this postpartum to really use um yeah my learnings and stuff from that to put into something else Mm -hmm. and did you feel almost at your most kind of creative yes in those yes few months um more so and, and yeah I mean, he's 10 months old now so it's kind of a little bit harder now because he's awake for longer um and when he is awake he's very active and very mobile <laughs> uh, we're like mm-hmm. it's going to be weeks until he walks not months um so mm-hmm. yeah in the in the really early times where I could like just feed him and put him down and he'd lay or just crawl around a small area I was really sort of okay I just need to get in on this and do my study and this is what my business is going to look like and really sort of um ramped up um in that time when it was all sort of yeah creative juices flowing and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah, I feel like there's something that happens in your brain after you have a baby where, yeah, you might be the most tired you've ever been. But I just found I had all these ideas and um, just all these things yep. that I wanted to do. And I wonder if that's some, some sort of hormonal maybe, shift. Or, maybe know, it's but, just a bit of that oxytocin yeah. that hits you every time you feed. Mm. When do you think postpartum ends? (laughs) I have a 21-year-old, so I'll let you know in a couple of years' time. (laughs) Okay, Um, cool. (laughs) Look, I don't don't know. I think with the older kids, I went back to work pretty much when they were kind of around that 12 months, a little bit older sort of time frame. Mm -hmm. So I think for me that really defined that, look, I'm not a stay-at-home mum. I'm not feeding, um, like, all day long every day. I'm maybe feeding, like, once I get home, like, once or twice a night and that's kind of it. So that sort of really forced that change, I think. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm still in it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Like, for this one, it's been 10 months and I'm definitely, I definitely still feel that I'm in that time um, 
so yeah yeah I don't know maybe two years I know well yeah because mine's 20 months and I feel like still I'm in it yeah still in yeah it. <laughs> that's I was asking <laughs> so you me. know when it's finished <laughs> maybe 24 months I'm not sure yeah I don't yeah I don't know I think it just sort of and I don't think you really notice as such like there's not a defined time I think it's just a gradual thing and that can yeah as I said I think it can kind of just change for everybody depending on your circumstances as well some people I think get forced into Mm. having to detach a little bit more faster depending on their like lifestyle and circumstances Mm. and things like that so yeah. Yeah, and I think we, we do get sold this idea oh, of six weeks. I don't know. Like, what the six weeks, <laughs> six yeah, weeks is the magic number. If someone could tell me what that, where that six weeks came from, I'd be really, I'd really just like yeah. to know because it's definitely not six weeks. Definitely not six weeks. Yeah. It's just um, like if, if the six-week time frame that women go in to get checked to see whether or not they're like allowed to have sex, like, don't even get me started because mm. that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Um, I know. But, yeah, I don't know where the six-week thing comes from. I think there should be, if babies are getting checked at six weeks and six months and 12 months, I think the mums should be getting at least that, um, that checkpoint, if yeah. not more. Yeah. It's just a real shame because, like, yeah, this the six week thing is yep. just bizarre. And yes, I mean some things might get a little bit easier by then, but it's almost I found that, you know, months down the track there's always different little, you know, challenges yep. and hurdles and things to overcome. Yep. And so I just hope that other women um and birthing people don't use that aren't sold like aren't clinging to that six week mark as like, oh, everything will be okay after this. Like everything yep. will be okay, but Yeah you know it's it's still it's still not going to yeah, be without oh, its absolutely. challenges and I th- yeah I think the six week unfortunately for our system that six week checkpoint for mums is kind of like a signing off mm. it really is it's just like it okay is. you've had you've been pregnant we've looked after you every month during that pregnancy if you like obviously if mm. you go through a hospital system you're going to those sort of regular checkups we've been with you for your birth we've come and checked you two or three days after and maybe a week after that if if your hospital or your area does that sort of thing um and then you go to your gp at six weeks and they go yep okay you're done thanks see you next time Mm. and that's kind of it when it yeah as i said it really it's really disappointing that our system does that because at six weeks you're still in fog i think that fog of I've just given birth and I've got a new baby and I can't even yeah. think straight. That fog doesn't lift, I don't mm. think, till at least 12 weeks until that sort of 40-day mm. um, fourth trimester, if you want to call it that as well, until that kind of starts lifting. I think that's another checkpoint that needs to be done because women are obviously falling through cracks and I think we're being mm. let down. Yeah, it's almost like oh, it's yep. set up to fail really because and especially I know you mentioned earlier mm. like the sex thing and, you know, you don't have to talk oh, about oh, specific fine, details but like, you know, <laughs> you know, like six weeks after having like, a baby. Like, are you kidding me? There's no way that <laughs> I could think of nothing worse. I'm like, 
you know, maybe yeah. like everyone's different and, you know, you do you. But like, you know, months down the track it was still like, you know. Yeah. Mm, Look, no. and, I, and I think <laughs> for me it's been different depending on the birth as well. So this one I actually mm. sustained um he was really big and I'm a lot older, I suppose, as well, um, being – I am a geriatric pregnancy, pregnancy darling. Yes, darling, I'm 44. <laughs> and appara- apparently my uterus forgot oh. what to do at 43, so that's five months of extra age. <laughs> Look, that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> it is. We'll get you back to talk okay. about that um, for sure. But, yeah, I, I sustained birth injury, so it wasn't until I, at four weeks I was like, mm, there's something going on down there that shouldn't be going on. I'm giving birth to a whole other baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and because my appointment obviously yeah. wasn't till week six, I was just like, I can't wait. Went and found a female, um, uh, what do you call them? Women's health physio, uh, that's it. Thank you. Physio. Still postpartum brain. Yeah. Um, women's health physio and just went, look, <laughs> I know I'm not six weeks, but there's something going on and I need you to check for me to see what the extent of the damage is. Um, and so went down mm-hmm. that path and I've been doing a lot of work and stuff to get that back. So there was no way in the world that at a six weeks checkup of, yep, you're good to go, was I going anywhere near that? Um, but baby number, mm. the three and a half year old, my toddler, it was within, um, and this is this will scare people. It was within about two and a half weeks, <laughs> and it was just because oh, wow. I initiated, and that's what I wanted. And so I think there's there's yeah. different, and it's different for every person. But to have that comment from a GP, but that's fine. I mean, if- and a lot of them, mm. I went to a male GP twenty years ago, and that's what his comment was okay, you're good to go and have sex now. And I was just like, okay, great. Thanks. I don't want to do that ever again, but okay. Thanks for your permission, yeah. I suppose. I was like, and it's not, you know, there's no sort of questions around like, you know, how's your mental health? Like how are you feeling physically? How yep. are you going with breastfeeding? It's just like you can go and have yep. sex yep. with let your, your Let now. your partner know that he's <laughs> like, good to go. And after they've yeah. ticked off the qu- a questionnaire that really, I mean, that's a, a whole other thing, but really I don't think is anything near the detail that it needs to be. Um, but, yeah, mm. having, having a list of ten questions that you just tick off and go, how are you feeling about this rated out of five um, isn't the actual mm. conversation and in-depth knowledge that we need to be having with mums to actually see how they are um, because it's, yeah, it's quite easy. And absolutely. I've done it before in my second pregnancy, just blew it off. Just was like, yep, I'm fine. Yep, I'm fine. Yep, I'm fine. Yep, yeah. I'm great. And it wasn't until yeah. mums from a playgroup that I had known since my first daughter was born, I noticed that I hadn't gone to playgroup for two weeks in a row. And instead of calling to ask how I was, mm-hmm. turned up at my front door and was like, what are you doing? And walked in and was like, what is going on in this yeah. house? There hasn't been a dish washed for obviously days on end. Mm-hmm. There was like dirty clothes everywhere and yeah. just and I was just sitting there going, I don't know, I'm not okay. And they were like, we can see that, so mm. let's clean up your house and we'll sort you out and you can get some help. But 
Mm -hmm. I'd been to the doctor and told Mm. the doctor I was fine. Mm. Mm. And I think maybe it's sort of this, again, that reinforcement of the six weeks, like, well, I'm supposed to be fine now, so I'm fine. But how good that you had a group of friends that would come and you yep. know, that knew that you weren't okay. Yep. And, and that's like joining a mother's like... group and it's like some women roll their eyes at it and like even I when I first went was like, oh, God, this is not for me. I'm not a social person at all. What am I going to have in common with mm-hmm. these women? But after being there for three years, they knew me well enough to go, no, if she's not here, there's something wrong. Either one of the kids is, either one of the kids is sick or yeah. we would have heard from her, she would have called her whinge about the kid being sick or there's something else going on so yeah they were bold enough to actually mm. knock on the door and go no no we're coming in we've got morning we've got morning tea we're going <laughs> to feed you and see how the kids are going and just sit down and have a chat yeah and it, I think you do really need yeah. to find that village whether it's you know through mother's group or through mutual friends yep. or you know, there's so many different apps and well, ways now, to connect back, with people back, now. Back in the good but... old days, <laughs> there was there yeah. was no <laughs> Facebook, no uh, Insta. There was like no, there was nothing. So unless your face to face friendship group was, who none of mine yeah. really had kids, and if they did, it was only their first, and their partners were at home, and they had, um, I suppose, external family support. I had a partner that was at work mm-hmm. and would just come home and go, oh, so what have you done today? Yeah, nothing actually. I've literally sat here and survived <laughs> and your children are still alive so you can thank me later. Yep. And Absolutely that's right. And it's, yeah, stark contrast mm-hmm. now. But, yeah, I was very lucky Um back then to have them and for baby number three I was fine um it was just yeah it was just something about Mm -hmm. being in that space at that time it just I wasn't coping and yeah the doctor sort of said oh so you're doing okay feeding well and you're eating and getting out of the house and I was like well yes I'm I'm doing those things so yes I am but Mm. yeah yeah if you yeah, you're ticking all the boxes, but maybe they're not if different. the boxes need yeah, to be or just in, yeah, marked have differently. Conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway. Mm. So number five, you're all, all done. You're all done. Now. All done. I have a 21-year-old. So within <laughs> the next nine years, I'm guessing I will have some grandchildren. So... <laughs> don't put oh, that no, she's all right. she, no, they've actually children. just been told they're not allowed to <laughs> until baby number until um our youngest is five I'm like once the once the little ones have like started okay. school then I'm good to I'm good to go for grand you can become an uncle yeah I don't want uncles um being in the same grade or in in the same primary school together so can we just get a few <laughs> years in between please <laughs> Uh, you guys are the modern family (laughs) yeah I love it well thank you so much for chatting to me today I've loved hearing all of your stories and everything and I'm sure we could probably talk hours um a few more hours hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but no I really do appreciate Um, you I'm just yeah really pleased that you're actually doing this I think um 
people being able to speak about their postpartum journeys and how we all differ, um, I think is, is going to be a great thing for all, especially all new mums out there, but all mums and, and new parents at, um, everywhere. So thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please come over and say hi on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Uh, my handle is at postpartum underscore with underscore Steph, S-T-E-P-H. That's where I'll be sharing podcast episode updates too. Hope to chat to you soon.